It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator and host of this award-winning show, and it's my aim in every episode to help you find ways to improve your e-commerce business. So a huge thank you to you for tuning in. Um, I would love it if you could let me know how the show helps you. So just send me a message via social media, just use the hashtag ecommasterplan um, and let me know what you think about the show. Now today, in today's episode, prepare to be a little bit kind of blown away and shell-shocked. I'm chatting to someone who has developed a system for identifying trends, for then testing those trends and then growing them into sizable seven-figure e-commerce businesses across a range of diverse product categories. And we're talking about the growth side of it. The once you've got something that's working, how do you grow it big? What are the steps you can take? We also talk a little bit about trends, but um, but he's an amazing guy. He is packed full of ideas and he shares a lot of them in this episode. There's also a lot of um, resources he's going to mention too. So we put links to all of those on the show notes. You can find at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. So so be warned, um, you don't need to write down everything he says. You can find all that at the website. So um, sit back and enjoy. Before we meet him though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over 38,000 e-commerce brands. Build your contact lists and emails that pop and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Smart Freight can help you save time and money. Smart shipping parcels and pallets through Smart Freight's carrier management platform allows you to consolidate your outbound logistics onto one platform. With over 650 carriers worldwide, Smart Freight has you covered by ensuring you are always going via the cheapest, fastest or greenest eco-friendly option. Visit smartfreight.com to book a demo today. And now to introduce today's special guest. Mario Norfolk started his first e-commerce business, Fruity, in 2013 with just $300 in the bank. And since then has grown multiple e-commerce businesses that range from a guilt-free box, a healthy snacks food subscription service, to commercial Blenders Australia, which unsurprisingly sells blenders to businesses. Together, they achieve over eight figures a year. Hello, Mario. Chloe. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. I I always like talking to someone who's managed to come up with multiple e-commerce businesses and grown them so fast and so large. So I know the listeners are going to enjoy enjoy hearing from you today. But let's start at the beginning. How did you get involved in e-commerce in the first place? Um, accidentally. So I was at university and I was studying banking and finance. I didn't know what entrepreneurship meant. That was in Melbourne, Australia. And then I saw a YouTube video of a boy. His name was Farah Gray. 
at age 13 or 14, he, he made his first million dollars. And I think I was 19 or 20, 20 at the time, 2021, 20, I can't remember. And I realized that not only am I not too young to start making money, you know, I don't have to start making money in my 30s and 40s as a, as a banker, but I could even be too old, which is not the case. But I, I started, <laughs> started joking myself saying that. And I immediately dropped out of university in my second year. I was doing well. And I took the first job that I can get my hands on, which was door knocking and selling water filters. And I started doing that, which improved my copywriting skills because you're dealing with people. Copywriting is dealing with people. It's one of the most important skills in business. Mary, that's quite an extreme way to go about learning copywriting. <laughs> it is. So I didn't know what copywriting meant either. I it just it, unintentionally, that's what I did. So um, I was a very private person, not introverted, but very, very private. And the first job I got was, I, you know, I went to to the interview, which was in the guy's car in front of a random office. He was an old guy. His name was Bill in his 40s or 50s. And very nice guy. He says, Mario, you know, these are the flyers. You just need to go out there, knock on doors and convince people to take a trial of this water filter. For every trial, you get paid 100 bucks Australian, which is about, you know, pounds, 50 pounds or something. And uh, I was pretty excited. And I went out and I made a few hundred dollars on the first day, even a thousand dollars, I think. And I made a lot of money just knocking on doors and, um, and offering water filter trials, which was completely outside my comfort zone, but that grew me immensely as a person. And then from there, I I did what I continue to do to this day is follow the money. It sounds cheesy, but it's true. Whenever something works, starts making me money, I just double down. That was my strategy and it still is to this day. Like now, I just test business ideas, what works, I double down. Um, and when knocking on doors, I started trying to sell different products other than water filters. Most of them, all of them failed. And then one worked. It was the concept was fruity. It initially didn't work. It was providing cafes and juice bars with the smoothie packs to make smoothies and give them the menu and the marketing material. That didn't work. They would barely pay me in cafes and, and restaurants are difficult to deal with. Very frugal, um, not in a bad way. But it was very hard to get them to pay me. And I always try and negotiate the price. But then I realized there was demand for inexpensive blenders. You know, I wanted to give them blenders as part of the deal of them buying my product. Each blender, if I wanted to go get it, was like $1,000 Australian, $1,300. Um, then I found a supplier selling them for $400, someone I knew from, from the old days when I was selling coffee door-to-door. And um, that's how it started. You know, I got their blenders. I would pick it up from their place, provide it to my cafes, who then purchased it from me. So then I started selling it on eBay in an aggressive way, started hearing that cha-ching sound, which was crazy to me. And I kept following the money. Then I launched a website that had no checkout option. Imagine, no checkout, just a contact us page on a platform called GoCart. Never met someone that's heard of it, ever. Um, it was a horrible <laughs> platform. And I was still making sales. And then I moved to Magento and, and then scaled and launched more blender models, launched juicers, expanded to the UK, as we were discussing earlier, and then other European countries, et cetera. Um, so that was fruity. Uh, and in the first year, I hit uh, seven figures. So the first million in the first year and uh, 10 million by the second year. That's Australian dollars. But um, that was a hell of an achievement. And um, and then since then, a lot more journeys. But that's how I started. Wow. So very much a there has to be more more to life than uni learning to sell. And then just like you said, I like the fact, you know, you said follow the money. And I think it, it's, um, it's, a, it's a phrase, which I think people don't pay enough attention to because it's actually really hard to do. <laughs> it sounds so easy, but it's really hard to do it. You got any tips for, for how to go about actually following the money? A lot. That's, I talk about this 
more than anything because it's so important. Um, it sounds really simple. And I think the quote is from a movie, uh, Jerry Maguire, I think. Um, so people don't take it seriously. But some of the smartest VCs and some of the smartest business people talk about it. I recommend everyone to Google Bill Gross, G-R-O-S-S, and then TED, you know, the TED speeches. Um, he's got a, a presentation, a seven-minute presentation, when where he talks about the importance of timing an ID. More important than anything else, time, uh, more important than, than team, how much money you have, et cetera, is the time you launch an ID. Now, how do you know if something you're launching at the right time? There's some work you can do initially, you know, checking Google Trends, et cetera, and the news and, and trying to find opportunities. But then the next thing is just validating the ID. So with Blenders, I had no idea when I launched my company that Blenders were selling like crazy when I started. But what allowed me to know is just people buying it. And to get people to buy your product to this day, today, you know, no matter how big our company is, when people start buying our product, even if I don't make money initially, it's the best form of validation. To get someone to say, hey, give us your money that you've worked very hard to earn for the value that we're going to give you with this product or service is really, really difficult. And give us your money, don't give it to the other people. So when you're actually able to get one, two, three people to do that, you're onto something. Drop everything and focus on that because that's really the most difficult step in business. And the best way of doing it, the biggest tip you ask for is timing. Learn how to find trends. There's a lot of tools. Um, I go through them. I got a lot of videos. If you go put my name on Google Mario Nofal and put trends, you'll see videos where I go through some of those tools. I'm not affiliated to them, but they just work so well. And I've got a team that does that for me internally. And that's what I recommend, like time your business ideas, find trends. Because if you're launching, if you're opening a restaurant now during COVID, um, doesn't matter how good the restaurant is, you're not going to be successful. But if you're selling something like face masks, it's an obvious example, or it's getting crowded now, but like some unique face masks, you can be a really bad business person, but you could literally make millions. I was a bad business person when I became a millionaire. I was good at some things like sales and talking to people and copywriting and hustling but I was bad at everything else. I had no Google AdWords skills, no Facebook marketing skills, no web development skills, nothing. But what I did is I capitalized on a trend. And that's been my business model to this day. This year, I launched four or five new businesses, most of them successful because I've found trends and I capitalized on them. So Mario, you've got all these businesses that you've identified with trends you know, and, and jumped on those trends, tested them out, validated the ideas, put some more cash behind them. But I think what separates you from a lot of people is that you've then managed to take that that opportunity and turn it into something big. And you've done it multiple times. So what's the what's the process of taking a validated idea, something which is working, you've got people buying it and turning it into that seven-figure, eight-figure revenue stream? Obviously, we can talk about it in bits because <laughs> that's quite quite a big old process. It is. It is. So it's it, it, you're building a, a house of Legos. Um, I've never built Legos, but that's the best example I can give. So the way I started is I, I started with one thing that worked, which was eBay. Then I move on to the next thing, which was Google Ads. Now, that's years ago. But what I would do now, and I'm launching business now. For, I'll give you an example I launched now. You mentioned Guilt Free Box. Well, Guilt Free Box started with Facebook ads. The next step would be to build um, a messenger sequence, for example. When customers come into our website, there's a, um, there's a, there's a little uh, icon at the bottom right corner where people can chat to us. You can have a sequence there. Um, you can run Facebook ads and messenger ads as well. So you see, I'm adding 
different layers because that will reduce my cost per acquisition. So let's say my cost per acquisition from Facebook is, let's say, $30 or shiny dollars. But how do I reduce that? Well, I need to improve the conversion rate by having that message sequence on the bottom right corner, having a live chat, having great customer service, having a phone number, the basics. And then to improve the conversion rate, people, when they leave the website, they might look for like keto treats to see what other companies exist, having a Google ad for that keyword, and then having remarketing for them. Um, having an area where they can enter their email and then starting their email sequence, which you can all automate. There's tools, to, software to allow you to automate all this. By Now it's all systemized in my company. Whenever we launch a business, they all get actioned one after the other, starting with the most important, Google, Facebook, depending on the product, and then going down the sequence, um, messenger bots, um, email marketing. Obviously, remarketing is more important than those. And you can expand to even... Uh, more blue oceans, like you can try Reddit ads or Snapchat ads. There's just so many areas. Of course, list on Amazon, list on eBay. The more touch points you have, the more likely you're, you're going to convert the customer and reduce your conversion um, cost or improve your conversion rate. I love that, right? That's such an enlightened way of looking at it. And I, I like your your Lego bricks idea and the, because that makes it so visual. Because I find a, a lot of people just get obsessed with one marketing method. And actually, even if it's working really well for you, you're spending money you don't need to to create those customers. If you're not doing the follow-up, if you're not doing the ads on the keywords, if you're not doing the, you know, the live chat, the great customer service. And I think it is that that whole kind of almost ecosystem of, of communication which creates the great results. Yeah, I, I, the best way to explain it, if you compete with me and you launch exactly the same business, we both launch Facebook ads. I will win based on one thing, all else being equal, having a better conversion rate. So if my customer service is 24-7, for example, or my live chat is always manned, or my remarketing is better, I'm going to convert more people. I could literally take you out of business. Why? Because I can afford to spend more per customer because my conversion rate is better. So you can only afford to pay $30. I can afford to pay $50. Why? Because more people are converting. It's simple, isn't it? It is simple, improving the conversion rate or improving the average order value. That's the other thing. All else being equal, let's say we both have the same conversion rate. We both pay, let's say, let's say 3% conversion rate, pay $30 per order. If you just sell a box of, of uh, treats, that's it. And you sell it for $50, your cost plus shipping and, and VAT, et cetera, is another $20. You've made no money. You'll make money on future repurchases. Well, let's say I have the same thing, but I have on the, on the checkout page an upsell which I didn't mention, that's extremely important. An upsell either to the same product or to another one, and then another upsell to a different product that relates to it. Maybe some new treat or new sweet, or um, maybe something to make your own sweets at home or something. Then my average order value increased from $50 to, let's say, $90. Now I can afford to spend more than you for marketing, and I've just eaten your cake. And that happened to me this week with one of our launches. Um, the CPA was too expensive, so I just improved the average order value, and now we're killing it, making five figures a day. Uh, it's been crazy. It started two weeks ago. Just it all happened because I've increased average order value. I love that. I love that you know, you, you're explaining it in the way that you, you see this happening, and then there's different levers that you can pull to make it work for you. CPA is too high, right, let's up the AOV, we'll fast track the upsells process rather than working on the live messenger this week, for example. 
And that's, that's, I think, something which, which people look at what they're doing in a silo. They look at the Facebook ads and how can I improve the Facebook ads? Well, we'll try a different creative, we'll try a different this, we'll try a different audience. And they forget that actually it's part of that whole long piece to the purchase and having better customer service, having a better conversion rate, having upsells can be the make or break. It's not just that the Facebook ads didn't work. It's that the model behind the Facebook ads wasn't right. Does that make sense? It does. If, if it look, if business wasn't complicated, everyone would be rich. It is really <laughs> difficult. It's not one thing. Now I know you hear success stories of businesses that built their business doing one thing. Yes, that happens, and they they're, they're very rare. But they don't sustain their business long term by doing one thing. I've had a really tough journey, Chloe. For the last seven eight years, it's I've been scammed two years ago. I lost a lot of money. Is you can find a lot about it online. It's, it was popular in the space. Uh, two years ago, I've had a lot of personal issues. I was in the same year. I was also tricked by one of my suppliers. So I lost millions through that uh, those two years. Really tough two years. But Fruity, my first business, kept making millions every year since inception. Why? Because I've managed to build all these different moats, protecting the business. Everything from warranty to customer service to customer follow-ups to reviews. That's so important. Having good reviews online is so so important. To the product itself, to different marketing channels, to the distribution, they all come together. Um, and that's what makes a, a sustainable, long-term successful business, which is worth a lot more than a short-term hype business. It's valued a lot higher and it will make you money for a lot more, uh, a lot longer. And it's a lot easier to sleep at night as well, isn't it? When it's got that those moats as you put them around it but i wanted to um i wanted to ask there's a couple of things you've mentioned that i think the audience may well be screaming at their um iphones going chloe why aren't you asking mario about this so i want to backtrack onto a couple of bits we went by, by quite quickly first of which i'm going to do these in the order i've got them written down which probably makes no sense to anyone but we're going to do it in the order i have them written down the first one is reddit ads i had no idea you could do ads on reddit there you go. Okay. This is probably going to be the, the second, other than timing that I mentioned earlier, this is probably going to be the second most important, um, I wouldn't call it advice, but strategy for anyone listening. Mm -hmm. There are marketing strategies and marketing channels that most people don't talk about that I've discovered a year ago. It's not a secret thing. When you start looking into it, there's many people that do it, but I had no idea it existed. Reddit ads is one of the basic ones. Just go on Reddit and look at their ad platform. I don't do it myself, but I have someone that does it for us. It works for some products, but not all of them. Um, it just depends. It's a very tough platform. Uh, but the best way to know if it works for you is just test and see what others are doing. But I'm going to give you more value by, with this answer. I'll tell you this. Have you heard? Do you know that you can message thousands of people on Facebook in an automated way, costing you nothing, sending them DMs? And those people could be the followers of your competitor. There's a tool called Phantom Buster that allows you to literally DM on Facebook the followers of a the followers or group members, sorry, the group members of a competing group or a group within your industry. You can message them all. That's one of the basic strategies that you could learn with uh, something called growth hacking, with, which is a innovative marketing strategies that many people don't know about that are not easy to scale but the ROI is insane. So Reddit ads is, wouldn't be considered growth hacking, but you're leaning in that, in that blue ocean of platforms and strategies that many people ignore because everyone's just obsessed with Google and Facebook that are incredible. They still make us most, the most money, but those blue oceans are worth looking into. Reddit ads is good. What's even better is engaging on Reddit. 
is actually being a member there and engaging in their various forums, etc. Um, you could understand your customer a lot better and you could build an audience there. It's a massive platform. So I think it's one of the most um, top 10 visited websites in the world, which was crazy to me when I found that out. And, and Reddit users are insanely passionate about so their passionate. subjects as well, aren't don't, they? Don't go in there and promote your product. You have to understand them, understand the level, or they'll eat you alive. They're crazy. Yeah, be very, very honest and careful <laughs> if you want to go and play on Reddit. Yeah, Reddit, Reddit gets more visitors than Zoom, than Netflix, um, than Microsoft Office, than Instagram.com. Obviously, it's on desktop. But that's how much more traffic it gets. It's insane. That's crazy. Mm. Well, look, you've, you've given us some great tips there um, and told us a bit more about Reddit ads, which is cool. So the next thing I wrote down was upsells, which is something which different people have different strategies. And you started to dive into your upsell strategy. I think it was um, two different upsells going on. So so what's your what's your upsell strategy, Mario? The first upsell you have to do, people that bought a product, the easiest thing in most cases is to get them to buy the same product again, assuming it's not like uh, you know a dining table or furniture. So if they're buying some nice juice, well, before selling them any other juice, say, hey, would you like a special offer? Would you like to add another juice at 10% off or 20% off? And you can give them the option of adding many more at that discount. That's the first thing. So you bought something, you're a lot more likely to buy it again. Um, that's number one. Number two is find a, relating, a relatable product, something similar that you have, and add it into your, uh, let's say we go into your, your sequence, your funnel. Let's say we go with face masks. Well, someone's buying face masks. I'm using that example because it's so common and everyone, you know, everyone is trying to sell face masks. I don't recommend it. It's just way too crowded. Um, but if you're selling face masks, reusable face masks, well, on the checkout page um, before payment, offer them that box, you know, that UV light box that they can sanitize their face mask. Mm -hmm. Offer them that. And then offer them before, first offer them more face masks uh, for their friends and family and for themselves. Offer them extra filters for the face mask, a reusable face mask. Offer them a UV light box where they can sanitize the mask. And then offer them, I'm trying to see what I have here, um, a carry case for your mask. For anyone that's going out with their mask, they want to put it in a case uh, when they're going for a run. That's another option. So find relevant products, add them in the upsell that could literally make or break a business. Because if your product, and that's happening to me right now in one of my, um, what is it, immunity boosting uh, drink or something, the team is like, Mario, it's not working. The CPA is too high. I looked at it. I'm like, add upsells. That will change everything. And we're about to see the result, but I can guess what will happen. <laughs> Indeed. And for your upsells, you're doing those in the basket or you're doing those post-checkout? Um, both. Why not? <laughs> I love it. Love it. Why not test it, people? That's what we're saying here. Test it. These are just ideas. You've got to go out there and test it. Um, so then the third thing I wrote down that I've got to ask you more questions about is reviews, because I know a lot of businesses, they know how the power of reviews, but they struggle to get them. So do you have any, any tips on how we can maximize the number of reviews we get from our customers? Sure. Now, I'll, I'll show, tell you first about how to remove negative reviews, which used to give me a lot of sleepless nights. Now my general manager obsesses over them. Oh, yes, please. First thing is throw fairness away. There is no fairness in reviews. Someone could be a really unfair customer and they have no right to write a review. We've had people that have owned that product for years and they write a review that it's bad because they want a refund. Well, you've had it for years. We can replace it under warranty. Throw fairness away. Think of it this way. Think of it from a financial perspective as a business person. Okay, well, I can be fair and leave that review up there and save $200 on replacing their blender or $150, whatever the cost is. But I know that a few hundred people will see that every week. And I'm sure like 10% of them will not buy because they saw that review or 5%. 
That's uh, 15 purchases a week gone because of that one review. That's worth more than $150. So what does that mean? Do everything you can. Bribe the customer if you have to. I'm being extreme here. Give them like a brand new replacement. Apologize and give them like a free gift, some chocolate or something. Anything to remove the review. That's been our policy for years. We do whatever it takes to remove a review. Um, and again, it might sound unfair. Uh, and some might say, yeah, but it's good to have some bad reviews there. Yes. Even if you bribe, I'm using that word uh, to the extreme, but even if you give someone uh, like a customer a lot of stuff, they might keep their review. So that's why I tell my team, remove every single review because you won't have 100% success rate. So there'll always be bad reviews there because you couldn't review remove them. But if you're going to start being lax about it, then you might have a lot more than you'd like in terms of negative reviews. So that's in terms of removing negative reviews. To get reviews, um, just the way we do it is you send out emails. Say, hey, leave a review and try to send them a gift. Like we're going to, anyone that writes a review, send us the link and we'll send you, if you have an inexpensive product, send it to them for free. Something that's worth $5, $10, the review's worth that. Um, or do a competition. You know, we choose one review a week and we give you a free whatever. Um, you could do the same thing via Messenger, sending out a Messenger Blast. And of course, customer service. After every call, whenever a customer, happy customer, we talk to them or they talk to them, the customer service team, they say, hey, we would love you if you can share your feedback online. Um, and also via the ticketing system. When customers email us, or now we have a ticketing system on Zendesk, and we reply, whenever the customer is happy, we reply telling them to please leave a review. If they're unhappy, we keep working to make them happy. You just have to obsess over customers. That, that's a massive, massive moat uh, to have. You certainly do have to obsess over customers. And um, Mario, you've mentioned various members of your team um, as we've been chatting here. Do you do everything in-house and how many have you got now in your team? Yeah, we've got a few dozen people. I don't know if it's up to 100, um, but we do everything in-house. We've worked with a few agencies here and there, but I, so I've got a lot of e-commerce companies, but also have a marketing agency now. Why? Because I want a lot of talent to use for myself. You know how I mentioned that growth hacking um, marketing? Mm -hmm. It blows my mind how effective it is and that no one's doing it. It's crazy. Like the things you see are insane. Uh, yesterday we did a webinar. I had 50 people watching and I had someone present. I was supposed to teach the listeners. I was sitting there as a student. Um, the person that was doing the presentation would send a billion emails a day, um, a billion. But we had someone else. He'd send 20,000, 50,000 cold emails a day with a 40% open rate. These are insane numbers. So wow. what I did was I launched an agency. Uh, called wearegrowthhackers.com. I'm not meaning to pitch it, but I am. But we, I launched that. But the purpose of launching it, I'm not going to make much money uh, doing this for others. Agency is not the best way to make a lot of money. The reason I launched it and the reason Bob, one of my business partners, is leading it is to get that talent, get those strategies and do them for my own companies. So um, I actually sent a message today, say, hey, your first client, we only launched this uh, like two months ago. Um, but I said, before any other clients, the first client is one of my companies. Use it as a case study. Um, so I'd like to keep everything in-house. Uh, do so when you can. Uh, but that goes to another point that, you know, talent is talent. So if there's another agency that could do it and you can afford it, agent, smaller agencies are better. Because smaller agencies are usually someone who's really, really good at what they do and they want to take it to the next level, but they don't have what it takes to build an e-commerce business or something big. So the, what they usually do, the talented people, is they have a small agency of three to five people. Um, and they don't put a big markup uh, on um, on the services they offer. So a great way to get talent is find those small uh, boutique marketing agencies led by a personality that's really talented. Um, that's what I did. And eventually I would try to hire those personalities. That's such a good tip because I see a lot of businesses trying to find, you know, the marketing agencies um, and providers who 
have the biggest stand at the event or who um you know who have a huge team of sales salespeople and all the rest of it and actually a lot of the you know you get you get a lot more um a lot more attention from an agency when it's one of the smaller ones, I find. You do, yeah. They'll they'll break their back to serve you. They will be disorganized and they won't be perfect. But, you know, if you want someone that's perfect, you will pay for the bigger agencies. They've got a lot of talent, but they'll put their mark up on top. If you can afford that and you're scaling fast, go there. But if you're just, you know, got tight margins and you're starting out and, you know, you know, you're not blowing up and making millions in a year, then start small and start with those smaller agencies. And then um, one strategy that Neil Patel mentions, um, I've worked with his agency before, um, one strategy he mentions is, is what he would do is he'd work with an agency and then and then the people that were good, actually it happened to us yesterday. Um, the people that are good, he'll uh, you know pinch them. He'll try to get them to work with him. Um, and funny enough, there's an agency I worked with. They were not great, uh, but one person was really, really good. So we kept working with that person um, until the agency wanted to overcharge us. So we go to that person and you know, we'll do it after hours. He loved working with us. We worked with him for two years that way, two years, working through uh, separately but he did it part-time while still working at the agency. And the agency knew they were okay with it. I know them well on a personal level. And then yesterday he messages me, no, three days ago, and yesterday was all confirmed. He's joining us full-time. So I literally, pre, uh, I, I, I know what I preach, I actually did myself. And that's bringing talent from other agencies to work in-house. And agencies lose talent all the time. It's, it's unfortunately um, one of the downsides of running an agency. Your clients will poach your talent. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. It's brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over 38,000 e-commerce brands. Build your contact lists and emails that pop and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Customer experience when shopping online is crucial and it doesn't stop at the checkout. Smart Freight plugged into your e-commerce platform allows your customers to take the driving seat when it comes to selecting a shipping service. And branded tracking communications keep your customers informed of their order's journey all the way through to receiving their parcel. Visit smartfreight.com to book a demo today. It's time for the top tips round. Now, I love this section because it gives our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Mario, are you ready for the top tips? I am. Okay. First up, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Um, I'm going to do a cliche that's out. I haven't read a book in a long time, and I usually recommend podcasts because they're all they're more modern podcasts and reading online. We can take a podcast if you'd rather recommend a podcast. I would love to. I would really love to. Um, okay, there is anything to do with growth hacking. There's a guy. There's two people I'm going to recommend, and they're not big, but they're going to bring you so much value. The first one is called his called, name is Jared Codling, C O D L I N G. And he's a growth hacker. And the tips, the things he does, I bought it. He's got a $5,000 course. Don't buy it because he gives all this stuff for free. I hope he doesn't hear this. Don't buy his course. But if you can afford it, buy it. He gave it to me because he works with us. Now I'm partnering with him. 
and the things in there are crazy. The, the ideas you're going to get in terms of marketing strategies. And then there's someone else who does everything for free. His name is Kirill. Uh, actually, just Google Inside Insight. Honestly, write it down. Inside Insight on YouTube. Watch those videos. Y your mind will be blown and you can thank me later, anyone who's listening. Um, those are two things I'd recommend in terms of podcasts. And if you want business ideas, if you want, I know most of you have businesses, but if you want more product ideas or new business ideas, you want to launch more businesses, there's a there's a, a newsletter called trends.co. I'm not affiliated, trends.co. They give you so many good trends and so many good ideas. And then the owner, his name is Sam Parr. He has a podcast called My First Million. Sounds cheesy, but all it is is two of them sitting, two smart people, and just talking about trending products, trending ideas. I listen to it twice a week. It's two episodes a week. Never missed one. It's by far the most valuable podcast for me. So the growth hacking strategies in that My First Million, that will give you a lot of ammunition and ideas to launch. And then once you got those ideas, execute. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time. Oh, so, so true. Okay, you ready for the next one? The traffic top tip. I am. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I'm very intrigued to hear your answer to this one. Um, yeah, look, again, I'm going to give a general answer because there's so many there and different ones apply to different um, businesses. Growth hacking. Just learn about growth hacking and hire a growth hacker. Um, if you want, I can give you, if you don't want to work with my agency, just pin, uh, ping me, message me, and I'll connect you because I'm part of many groups uh, to a growth hacker. So growth hacking is a strategy I want you to look into. A tool, look into Phantom Buster. Phantom Buster. Um, that tool, I don't know how to use it, but my team uses it like crazy. It allows you to literally scrape data from anywhere uh, and then message them automatically on Facebook, LinkedIn, via emails. It's a great, inexpensive way to uh, to to get traffic or validate an ID. Um, and the last one would be Reddit. Reddit is an incredibly tricky platform, but it's got incredible amount of visitors on the desktop it's number one two three four five six i think number seven or eight in terms of u.s most visited websites um it's insane so understand reddit learn reddit you'll find a lot of ideas and you might get your early adopters there if you're launching a new product you want to validate a product reddit they did it for one of my companies i almost destroyed it because i was late with delivering the product <laughs> as we said earlier they're vicious on reddit they um, are. <laughs> okay the tool top tip maybe a collaboration tool a social media plugin a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day if you're going to scale without putting every single thing on a project management tool like asana we use asana in-house there's a lot more uh, base camp is another and there's a whole bunch of them um you're not going to succeed I promise you, you won't succeed unless you hire someone that does it for you. If you rely on your memory for anything, you're screwed. You have to put everything on Asana because humans forget. You're human, you'll forget. Um, and I have everything there. I get daily reminders from everything to stretch, to exercise, to obviously all business. Every time I get a business ID, I add it to Asana. And even I might put revisit it in three months, six months, 12 months if I'm too busy and I'm, I don't want to lose focus. But everything's on Asana. It's what makes our company work. Without it, we don't have a company. And everyone that joins the company must be religious about using Asana. Uh, I second that. It's an awesome tool. Right. The uh, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? 
Hmm, that's a good one. From 100 orders to 1,000. Uh, I'd go back to that Lego because I'm, I'm trying to use my own examples, my own businesses. So I've got an, a business that's doing 100 to grow it to 1,000. Um, okay, so you try all these marketing channels. So let's say it's one product or two products. Uh, two things you could do. Try all the marketing channels to see if they work and expand your product range. So what I do, Chloe, is that when I launch a business and I launch them all the time, let's say I launch something for posture, posture correction, which everyone's doing now, and I'm not getting into it. But if I did, because I looked into it. I bring the, the thing, the strap you put on your back, but then I start to look for other things, other ways to correct your posture. Then I might look for things to help with back pain. Then I might expand to pillows. Then from selling a product that helps with, with your posture to becoming the back expert or the posture expert and having a range of products, that's how you build a business. So to get from 100 to 1,000 orders, expand your product range. It doesn't have to be 1,000 orders from that one product you're selling right now or those five products. It could be another five or 10 products now, you can go back to how you validate a product, testing, et cetera, to know which five, 10 products there are, um, and then use Google Trends, et cetera, to choose those products. But I would say just expanding your product range is something I did not do three years ago, and it backfired badly on me, and I'm doing like crazy this year. Oh, Mario, such good advice. Um, my head is slightly spinning, so I, I will definitely be looking at the notes where, um, where we're going to be adding all the links to all the things you mentioned. But before we say goodbye, could you let us know about a rather interesting new project that, uh, that we spoke about offline earlier, which I think the listeners would be interested in? So could you tell us a little bit more about that, please? Sure, sure. Look, I hate pitching and I, I've done many podcasts where I just feel bad, but I promise you so much value in this and we're not charging for it. I don't know if the team will change their mind, but we'll always have a free version. And that goes back to something I strongly believe in, that's timing. Finding trending products, trending ideas. Now, I, I have a team that has been doing it for me for years because that's how I launched businesses. And a few months ago, I saw other uh, service providers and like trends.co, I'm not affiliated to them, start sharing this information. I found it immensely valuable. So what I do now is I share those ideas, the product ideas and the research we do, like we did a report today. I'm going to launch a business in the in the medicinal mushrooms, et cetera, uh, and nootropics and all that. So I actually spoke to my um, CMO where we're going through exploring the trend and I'm sharing this with the listeners. So the website is Trend Hackers, because like, we hack a trend. Trend Hackers with an S, .co.co, trendhackers.co. Um, and we just give you trends and ideas. Um, and not only that, I'll give you others. There's trends.co is another one I'm not affiliated to. There's another one that's exploding topics. They have a free version. And two days ago, they launched a paid version. And there's Glimpse. It's meetglimpse.com, I think. They only have a pay. Oh, they have a free one too. Free and paid, freemium. And of course, Google. Um, so, so many Chloe, but they, they, I use them all. Um, and what we do is we aggregate them all. If you don't want to go through all of them and we put them on trend hackers for free. So trend hackers, you'll get ideas, you get businesses, product ideas, um, that I launched myself that you could replicate or get inspired by. I love it. Thank you, Marion. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been an absolute blast. And as I said, my head's spinning. Um, so thank you for that. <laughs> and thanks for coming on. No worries at all. Thanks a lot, Chloe. Phew. Um, so much there from Mario. He, Gosh, doesn't he just give, give, give on, um, on the ideas front and on the resources front? I found that fascinating. The way he's managed to build this system, this team of people, this team of this, this system of processes, I suppose, to take things which are trending, product ideas, and then turn them into 
large businesses at scale. It's really fascinating. It has, as you can probably tell, it's got my head kind of just thinking about all kinds of different things right now. The good news for you is that, of course, you can listen to this again. What you can also do is head to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast and click on the link to this episode where you will find every single one of the resources Mario mentioned linked to. So you can go and sign up for those various email lists, watch the videos, all those bits and pieces that he mentioned, we've got links to. We've also got links to his various um, e-commerce businesses. So as you can see um, how he actually does it as well. So a whole host of info there. Um, what you can also do, I should say, when you get there to the website is you can add us, add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the bits and pieces that I share to help you improve your business too. Now, thank you so much for turning, tuning in even to this and to every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. It's my aim to bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their business. So please do tell the other e-commerce business owners you know about the e-commerce master plan podcast because quite frankly, I'd love to help them too. I hope you have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.